can all stand. Let's turn around and shake hands, fellowship one with another. Welcome our visitors. Yeah. 
you say amen to that? Thank you. May be seated. Let's let our ushers come forward to receive our offering. And if you are visiting with us today, we'd appreciate so much if you take the little guest card that's in your little packet there, fill it in, and drop an offering plate. We'd like to get you some information about the church, and we want to get to know you, want you to get to know us. Let's have all of our mothers to stand. This is your day. We thank God for you mothers. Let's give all of our mothers a good hand. Thank the Lord for you. Amen. Great. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, bless the offering now. Continue to move through this service in Jesus' name. Amen.
just as before. Oh, but now even more, you're still Lord to me. Oh, after all he's done, after all we've been through. I'm glad he's still Lord, aren't you? And it's a joy to have with us today several special guests, folks that are dear to my heart. I am thrilled that they could be with us today on Mother's Day. The Whistons, of course, they've been with us. This is their fourth year, I believe. And then Bob and Evelyn Darty. Evelyn, would you stand, please? This is Brother Bob's wife. Let's welcome them to the services. Bless you, Evelyn. I love these folks. The Whistons, I had the joy of being with them few weeks ago for three nights, and Bob is a dear friend. The whistle's going to come and sing for us, but the Bob will be bringing the message right after they sing. Let's welcome the whistles today. Sure. 
You enjoyed that, say amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Amen. Just good to be here as a part of this Mother's Day service. And uh, what a wonderful privilege to set aside a day dedicated to our mothers. Amen. amen. Praise the Lord. I don't know. I think about where we'd be if we didn't have mothers, amen. I'm sure you heard the story about the fellow who started to work one morning. His wife, as he was leaving, said, oh, by the way, you remember what day this is, don't you? He thought for a minute, said, oh, yes, yes, I remember. I know what day it is. He left, went to work about 12 o'clock. She received a big bouquet of flowers. Note on it said, I love you very dearly. Hope you enjoy this special day. About 3 o'clock in the afternoon, she received a box of candy with a note saying, be ready. I have a booking named an expensive restaurant for us to eat out tonight. want to make this a special day for you. He got in, they went to dinner that night, and uh, he turned to her and said, I have really enjoyed this day. How's it been for you? She said, honestly, I believe this is the best Groundhog Day I have ever experienced. <laughs> Amen. Somehow it's harder for we men to keep the days set apart. But this is one day we all remember very well. I appreciate being invited to be a part of this Mother's Day service. I appreciate your pastor in this church. And uh, good to see this good number out for Mother's Day. Would you open your Bible with me, please, to the book of 1 Kings Chapter number 17. If you're looking on his Schofield Bible, that's page 411. And as uh, one great preacher from the past used to say, uh, that's the Old Testament, folks. Amen. Dr. M. R. D. Hahn, he said, I'd see him, I've seen him in services where he'd point people out when he's having a hard time finding a book in the Bible. He'd say, that's the Old Testament. He said one time he had just been given a new Schofield. He was on the radio, and on the radio, you can't have any dead air. You've got to keep going. And uh, he said, he said to the audience, turn to the book of Joel. It was on live. And he said his, the book of Joel was stuck together in his Bible. He'd turn by it and know he'd passed it. He'd turn back the other way and go by it knowing he'd passed it. He said, finally, from the background, his wife shouted, that's in the Old Testament, doctor. <laughs> so we have to be careful what goes around comes around. Amen. 
Would you stand with me, please? We'll begin at verse number five. Let's back up to verse number three, and uh, we'll read down through verse 16. Now, I'm going to speak just briefly this morning on a subject, a mother that God could use. In our generation, we need some role models in every facet of life. And here is a tremendous role model for mothers, someone that we can look up to and realize that here's a mother God could use. Verse 3 said, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Kareth, that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according unto the word of the Lord, for he went and dwelt by the brook Kareth, that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. It came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. The word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So he arose and went to Zarephath. When he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as he was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, as the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but an handful of meal in a pan, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first, bring it unto me, and afterward make for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, Neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail according to the word of the Lord which he spake by Elijah. Would you pray with me, please? Our Father, thank you so much this morning for this opportunity to gather and worship you and for this day that has been set aside to honor our mothers. Thank you, Lord, for them. And I pray that these mothers that are gathered in our midst today will be like this widow of Zarephath, a mother that God could use. Lord, I pray, bless the message and use me as your servant. In Jesus' wonderful name, I do pray, amen, and you may be seated. Just a couple of things briefly that I want to point out to you by way of introduction. As we look at this story in verses 1 through 6, we can see the care from God. In a time when there was famine in the land, the Bible tells us that God took care of his servant. God's care was plentiful. Bread, flesh, and water was provided for his servant. God's care was regular. Every morning, every evening, God took care of his servant. God's care was miraculous. He sent ravens to bring this food to Elijah as he sat by the brook according to the word of God. So we find here God's care. Not only do I want you to see the care from God, but we learn another good lesson here, and that's the circumstances for guidance. 
how God directs us in our day-by-day life in this world. Notice, if you will, in verse number 7, the Bible said, And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up, and uh, because there had been no rain in the land. Now here, God used a natural thing, natural circumstances, to bring to pass the need for Elijah to make a move. God knows how to move us, amen? The brook just dried up, and there was no longer water for him to drink. So he was forced to move to another place. I'm afraid, like probably Elijah would have been, we can get comfortable in our circumstances and in our situation. But God knows how to move us from one place to another. So we see God's circumstances for guidance. But just briefly, if time will permit this morning, I want to share three things with you about a mother God could use. First of all, in verses 9 through verse number 12, we see the mother God selected. This is why it is important for you to be a mother that God can use. God had a mother in Zarephath that he could turn to in the time of need and get her to supply the need for his prophet Elijah. Notice it, if you will. Let let me just read a passage from the New Testament in Luke 4, verses uh, 25, and uh, verse uh, number, uh, verse 20, let's see, verse 25 and verse 26 in Luke 4. Listen to what it says in this passage. But I tell you the truth, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, with great famine was throughout all the land. But unto none of them was Elijah sent, save unto Septra, a city of Sidon, unto a woman that was a widow. God had a mother that he knew he could depend on to supply the need of his servant. That's why God selected her. I want you to notice as we look at this mother God selected, first of all, she had a burden on her heart. Look at verse number 9, if you will. He says, I have a widow there, a widow woman there to sustain thee. Here was a woman that was acquainted with sorrow. She had been withered. She had been to the graveyard in days gone by and knew what it was to live a life of loneliness. She had a burden on her heart. But also, we learn from verse number 12, not only did she have a burden on her heart, but she had a a boy on her hands. Here is a full-time job for any mom, and that's to take care of those that God entrusts to you, your children. And verse number 12 said that she spoke to the prophet and said, I'm going out to gather sticks that I might prepare a little cake for me and my son that we may eat it and die. She had a son to care for. Here in this time when God previously had spoken to her, he already had said to Elijah, leave the brook of Kareth, go up to Zarephath. I've already talked to a widow woman there. She'll sustain you upon your arrival. And thank God for whom he chose because she also had a great need in her life. She had a boy on her hands to take care of, 
to see that his needs day by day were met in this life. But also we learn from this story, not only did she have a burden on her heart and a boy on her hands, but she had a barrenness in her house. Nothing was left to provide. But I'm persuaded she still had faith in God. You say, why do you believe that? Why do you think that? Well, one of the reasons is she kept that meal barrel. Meal barrels in those days were made of wood. And had she been desperate and thought God was not coming through with what he had said, when she went out to gather those sticks, she would have said, no doubt, hey, no use keeping this barrel. Don't have any more meal for it, and we're about to die. I'll just break it up and use it. But she still had faith in God. Amen? And she went out together and to bring in. Now notice, if you will, three uh, times two little things are brought to our attention. There were two ingredients to complete this little cake that Elijah had asked for, oil and meal. There were two sticks. Might have, must have been a mighty small cake, only two sticks to cook it. And then, of course, there were two people to eat it. God will take care of us if we will but trust him to do so. But not only do I want you to see the mother God selected, but in verses 13 and verse 14, I want us to look at the message God sent. You see, God had sent a message to this little woman, and God had spoken to Elijah. Now they come together. God asked this little woman for her poverty. Let me tell you something. Most folks, you know, say, well, you know, if I had a good bit, I'd be willing to share it with the Lord. Like one fellow, you know, he said to another, I'm sure you've heard it. He said, if you had $1,000, would you give me half of it? The guy said, sure I would. He said, if you had $500, would you give me $250 of it? He said, I sure would. He said, if you had $100, would you give me 50 of it? He said, I sure would. He said, if you had 20, would you give me 10? He said, now, wait a minute. You know I got 20. <laughs> you know, we're always willing to give something we don't have. But what God wants you to do is put what you got, regardless of how small it might be, into the hands of God that he might use you along with what you got for his honor and glory. Look at, he asked for her poverty. He said, give me a little cake first. She was asked to give what she had. You know, in my ministry, I've had people to give to me where in reality at the time I had more than they did. You say, well, why would you receive something from someone that did not have as much as you did? I don't want to get in the way of God blessing his children. And if God tells you to do something, if it's to give your last dollar, if it's to give something that you possess, thank God you can't outgive God. Give it. And God will bless you for doing so. He asks for her poverty. Give what you have. Now, Jesus had the multitude gathered around him. And uh, he turned and asked if there was something they might feed them. Now, one of the disciples said, Lord, 200 pennyworth. Wouldn't suffice this crowd. I mean, we, we could take that much money and buy and still be lacking in supplying the need of this vast audience that's gathered here today. But you know what Jesus did? 
He took the loaves and fishes, a little boy's lunch, and blessed it and multiplied it and used it for his glory. Some modernists trying to explain away that miracle said Jesus used mass hypnosis. He gave everybody a crumb and they thought they was filled. Boy, that's a, some kind of hypnosis. They took up 12 basketfuls of fragments that was left over after they got through eating. Amen? Amen. I, I'm just saying to you, if we'll give God what little we have, God will bless it and God will use it for his glory. God asked for her poverty. And then God added his promise. Look at verse 14. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the barrel shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. What a gold mine this little woman had received. Praise God if you'll just put into God's hands what you have yourself to be as a person God can use. He'll use you for his glory in the days ahead. Then look with me, if you will, at this passage in verses 15 and verse 16. Not only do I want you to see the mother God selected, and the message God sent. But I want you to see the miracle that God supplied. Praise God, when we believe him, the miraculous begins to take place. Amen? It's when we exercise faith in God, the miraculous comes upon the scene. Look at it with me in verse 15. We see the simplicity of obedience. Hey, that's how simple it is. Just do what God says and give what God asks and you'll never go wrong following him. Notice the simplicity of obedience. Verse 15 said, she went and did. I like that. I, I, I'd like to have a church full of them, wouldn't you, preacher? She went and did according to the saying of Elijah. When she heard God's servant give the message, she did according to the saying of Elijah. I heard about one preacher. He preached on Sunday morning a wonderful message. The folks went away talking about how wonderful the message was. He come back that Sunday night. He preached the same message over again. The folks said, well, it was good the second time. He come back on Wednesday night. He preached that same sermon over the third time. And the folks said, well, praise God. It's pretty good the fourth time, a third time. On the next Sunday morning, he got up, preached the same sermon over again. They said, well, it's good the fourth time. That Sunday night, he preached it again for the fifth time. The men said if he preaches this on next Wednesday, we're going to talk to him. Sure enough, on Wednesday night, he got up and preached the same sermon again. The men got together and they said, Pastor, we need to talk to you. He said, all right, what do you want to talk about? They said, well, first of all, we want to know when we're going to get a new sermon. He said, well, I've been talking to God about that myself. They said, well, what did God say? He said, God said, as soon as you acted on this one, I was to get another one. That sure cut down steady time, wouldn't it? Amen. Just keep on preaching it until folks act on it. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah. Now I want you to look back, if you will, at verse number 5. We see this chain, how uh, she did according to Elijah, because Elijah was doing according to God. Look at verse 5. 
So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. And when God's servant sticks with the book and preaches the word of God, you can't go wrong doing according to the saying of the man of God when he preaches Jesus and this precious book to you. Amen. Here we see the simplicity of obedience. God's calls are without repentance. So you might as well go ahead and do what God's told you to do and you'll be happier a lot sooner. Then finally, not only that, I want you to see the simplicity of obedience, but the sufficiency of omnipotence. Thank God for what God can do. If we'll just look to Him, God is saying, give me what you have and I'll supply for you what you need. Isn't that the story that's conveyed to us here? If we'll just put into God's hands what we have, God will put back in our hands what we need in this walk of life. Thank God for a mother that God could use. Just want to ask the question this morning. Are you the type of mother that God can use? Is God using you to direct your children in the right way? Now, children will do what the parents say for a length of time. But after a while, they stop doing what the parents say and start doing what the parents do. Amen? They begin to follow your example. I trust that you are or will now dedicate yourself to be the mother that God can use. Would you stand with me, please? The mother 